my name is Brandon, and I'm here. i got my uh, lovely family with me. Ellen and Zeke are here, up here with me. The girls are terrorizing the basement downstairs. Uh, Zoe and Evangeline, we call her Evie. And uh, this is Evie's first trip to Mississippi. Uh, it's really amazing. And so this is uh, really special uh, for us because uh, she, um, uh, she was born in January of 2020. And, uh, and then we're kind of keeping her home. And uh, after a few weeks, we're kind of ready. Everybody's healthy and ready to go. And then the world shut down. I don't know if that happened here or not, but, uh, but we, we, we shut down. And, uh, and it was just been an interesting kind of journey uh, through uh, doing some different things. And, uh, and so this is actually, I, I've come back uh, to Mississippi once uh, to do a funeral since then. Uh, but this is our family's first time back in Mississippi since um, well, I think since I did the revival here, yeah, so uh, that was a long time ago. Well, it feels like a long time ago, but uh, so, so thank you for having us back. Uh, we, we love you, and uh, it really is like just being home, and uh, it's just, it's hard to, oh, I just love you, and uh, we're so grateful for you, and uh, even though we are in, um, uh, we've joined the circus in Washington, D.C., and uh, and as we are there and ministering and doing God's work, I want you to know that not a day goes by that you're not thought of, uh, that you're not prayed for, and that our family isn't grateful uh, for our partnership in the gospel from a distance, but also the love that we have for each other. And, uh, and so I, I really, uh, when I, I messaged uh, Drake, I, I just, well, first of all, I never met Drake. It's good to meet you, Drake. Could you have found anybody with more energy than uh, Drake? This is wonderful. I, I thought I had energy, and then, uh, and then uh, maybe I'm just getting old, but uh, uh, Drake, uh, brother, we pray for you, and I'm so proud of you, and you guys did a great job uh, finding a new pastor, and uh, I, even though it's taken me a while to get here, I couldn't wait to see you in person and just tell you, uh, Drake, we love you, we pray for you and your ministry here. And, uh, and we are just so proud of you as a church and uh, the work that God is, continues to do here. And uh, it has not been an easy couple of years, has it? Uh, it's been pretty difficult uh, for all of us individually, maybe even as a community, as a country, and as a world. And so uh, uh, it's not been easy. So I tell you what, uh, it is a hard job to be a pastor, especially during these days. And Drake, you've done a great job. And, um, and so I'm just... I'm thrilled uh, that we made it back, although it is hotter than I remember uh, for this time of year in April. So uh, I don't know what you guys are doing with the heat, but um, anyway, hey, uh, uh, I'm just I'm so glad to be here. If you don't uh, know about us, we are um, uh, missionaries and church planters in the Washington D.C. area. So um, what we really uh, did, let's see, I guess we moved uh, moved here. Well, there was no we. I moved here. Uh, moved out of here in 2009 and uh, was a youth pastor in northern Virginia, about 45 minutes south of Washington, D.C. And, uh, and through doing that, eventually God called uh, me to plant a church. And I said, that's great, Lord, I'll, I'll plant a church. But I was single at the time. And uh, and I said, uh, but please answer the prayers of Blackjack and send me a wife. I want a wife. And uh, he did a good job. And uh, I tell you what, yeah. 
and uh, the Lord sent me Ellen, and uh, when you know, you know, and uh, we got together, and God was calling her into missions, and God was calling me to do something different, and uh, just kind of our worlds collided, and we said, wow, I think maybe we're supposed to be doing this together, and, uh, and so we uh, just absolutely fell in love uh, with each other, but also with the Lord, and with the Lord's calling on our lives, and uh, we immediately started a church, so it's called Impact Church. Uh, in Fairfax County, Virginia. Sometimes you might see that on the news. I want to apologize for that, but that's, that's where we started a church. And, uh, and then in God's grace, after eight years, this church started growing. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really know what to do with it anymore. I said, well, I, we've started this church and, and I was just really restless and not knowing what the Lord might have for us. And, uh, and so they looked at me and they said, well, you know, we want to start more churches. And I said, yeah, let's find somebody to do that. And I tried and I tried and I tried. And finally, God said, dummy, it's you. You're, you're the one who's going to go. And so I talked to Ellen about it and we prayed and, um, and we knew together that uh, God was calling us to start another church. And so God has kind of expanded our vision from let's just start one church to why don't we just saturate Washington, D.C. with gospel center churches. And so that's what we're doing. And... Uh, and it's not just us. There are many people who you will probably never meet who are part of this work. It's, you know, we, we kind of uh, get a chance to be the ones that God says, you jump first, and we jump first, and then God starts calling all these people to come and be a part and, and do it. So I don't want you to get the idea that we're good or we're doing anything uh, crazy. Well, we do crazy stuff, but uh, we're, it's not us, all right? There, God has called so many amazing people to be a part of this, and and so we really have a vision. How many of you know Washington, D.C. needs Jesus? Anybody need? Okay, y'all been watching the news. Stop watching the news. Don't watch the news. All right, so we, but I know, I know you know that. But can I tell you a secret? Everywhere needs Jesus. All right? So yeah, Washington, D.C. does need Jesus. We just, we need, we just, it's a little more known because of the uh, stuff on the news and the things you hear about, but um, but I want to tell you something. Yazoo County needs Jesus, okay? And, uh, and, and so everybody needs Jesus, especially now where we see our world is in absolute chaos. And so the world had shut down. It was um, uh, June of, or July of 2020. And uh, we were just trying to get this little church. I mean, our church plant that we started met in an elementary school cafeteria. And then all of a sudden, one day, uh, we met there for worship. And then later that afternoon, they said, uh, you can't come back because there's a pandemic. And we never made it back to that school. And so our church did what we said, well, what are we going to do? So we all just started meeting in homes and houses around and, and said, all right. And then we started doing what everybody's, you know, started trying to live stream. And to be honest with you, that, that wasn't a pretty process. Most of our live stream videos and sermons looked like a hostage video, like I was, uh, you know, a, a, a white wall and, you know, please follow Jesus, send help, you know. It, uh, it wasn't always pretty, but, uh, but we made it and we started doing it. And then what we found is that when our church finally, we, you know, you, you probably felt this too, you start coming out of it a little bit, like, okay, we got to do something, you know. And so we started meeting out at a park outside for worship uh, once a month. So we'd meet in homes three Sundays, and then once a month we'd go out to a park and, 
uh, and, and do worship together. And it's really weird, you know, you, you, and I'm seeing people that I hadn't ever seen before, but I don't really know because they've got masks on. And so I'm like, who are you again? And, and what are you? And everybody knows me because my beard's sticking out of my mask, you know, so everybody kind of knew who I was. But I'm, and then I'm meeting all these people and they're like, oh, Pastor Brandon. I'm like, yeah, who are you? They're like, oh, I've been watching you on the internet. I said, oh, that's scary. Like, you know, it's just, just a new day, you know? And so they say, oh, uh, you know, and they said, and we just decided to come. We heard about it last weekend. And then all of a sudden we baptized five people. And I saw that throughout the, just in the last few months that everything had been shut down, God was still saving people. And then we waited the next month and we baptized two more people. I said, where are all these people coming from? Well, they're, they're, we're just still leading people to Jesus, Pastor. Like, we didn't stop doing that, uh, even though we, I thought, man, this is an awesome church. Like, I can't believe this is happening. So what we actually saw was God, like, growing our church during this pandemic with new people who are following Jesus for the first time. And I thought, this is incredible. And then at the same time, God said, um, yeah, you guys are, you guys, it's time to move on. It's time to go. And I thought, no, not now, God. Things are getting good. Like, this is good. And, and the church needs me because, you know, we're in a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard about it. And we need to do some stuff. And, and God said, no, it's time. It's time. Your work here is done. You've You've done what I told you to. You started a church and they're sharing the gospel and people are getting saved and baptized and there's people from all over the world in this, in this church. And so uh, what we found was the church had grown into a large Asian community. So there were a lot of uh, Asian people from Vietnam and China and South Korea and uh, uh, Taiwan and just, and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm not Asian. Um, I don't know if you knew that or not. I'm, pretty white and so I uh, I just I was like man I don't know you know and uh, and it was just this really cool and then God had provided a a pastor for us who was had become my best friend and he had been serving with us for a couple of years uh, uh, as a, a, a lay elder and a pastor and um, and I looked at him and I said well we're gonna go uh, I think God's calling us to go plant a church and he said oh this is horrible timing I said well and you're gonna be the new senior pastor of this church <laughs> And I said, well, this, this is really bad timing. And I, I said, yeah, so go pray. And he said, how long do I get to pray? I said, let's have lunch tomorrow. I mean, it's, you'd come in or not. And so we, uh, we sat down. Anyway, God provided, long story short, is now there's a healthy, growing church. They sent us out in the middle of a pandemic. Um, just really weird, you know, being distant, kind of everything. And we moved about 40 miles south, right on the southern edge of the D.C. area, um, to plant another church. And in God's grace, um, we have started another impact church and, and God has given us the vision. We want to see gospel-centered churches all over Washington, D.C. And it's a little tricky because you may come to D.C. and see a lot of steeples. And how many of you know steeples doesn't mean there's a gospel-centered church there? Just because there's a church building in D.C. doesn't mean there's a church in D.C., all right? I'll give you just a little. In uh, Fredericksburg, the new town that we've moved to, to to start a church, one of the biggest, most known steeples, um, the, I was able to meet the pastor, uh, which is a, a woman, a woman pastor who's pastoring Fredericksburg Baptist Church, um, and her uh, partner, if you uh, know what I mean, okay? Um, I just want you to know not every church building means there's a gospel-centered church. Some of them have become museums. They're not even faithful churches. They're just places you can go in and take pictures and see the beautiful uh, architecture. And guys, we got a lot of work to do. 
we got a lot of work to do. And uh, because of our partnership together, man, God willing, uh, we are going to plant this church and continue sending people out. And if God makes us or asks us uh, to go, we'll do it again uh, because it is worth it to see more people bow down and worship Jesus Christ. Because listen to me, that's the answer for today. The answer is not just more churches. The answer is more people worshiping Jesus in those churches. We don't want just more church buildings. None of our churches even have buildings. Like, we just meet wherever we can. Oh, you're not using that on Sunday mornings? Can I use it? Oh, great, there's a church. All right, that's how, it, that's how it works. And so Drake brought up the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Listen, you all, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you are financially supporting this work. You, uh, Blackjack has been faithful for years to support this work of starting new churches throughout Washington, D.C. I want to encourage you to, to continue that, but also to give to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. So we are um, uh, direct recipients of that offering. So we are North American Mission Board missionaries. And, uh, and so through that, when you get that, like Drake said, 100%, it's not going to their office in Georgia to help run copies and you know, buy uh, shirts and stuff. 100% of it goes directly to families just like us uh, to go help start churches. So if you haven't given to that offering yet, please do that. And if you have, I want to say on behalf of the North American Mission Board, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing that. All right, you, you guys got Bibles? You don't have anywhere to be today, right? All right. <laughs> Do you guys have a good Easter? Yeah, so good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, Matthew chapter 28, I want to start in verse 16. And uh, listen, I, I just want to read this passage to you, and, uh, and then I will uh, dive right in. I'm going to share a few points with you. And then we'll have our invitation, all right? Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 says this, uh, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. They should. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Aren't you glad? Amen. Amen. Um, I remember um, when I was, uh, when the pandemic first started, we lived in a townhouse. And uh, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, it's just rows of houses, right? And, uh, and so it's very communal. Uh, neighbors are out and everything. And uh, but in Northern Virginia and D.C. area, we don't really talk to our neighbors. We don't really, well, we don't talk to anybody, really. We're just always a little grumpy. And so I remember walking out one day, but the pandemic freaked everybody out. Everybody was really, you know, kind of freaked out. And, uh, and the, the neighbors, like in our little area, knew that I was a pastor. And so, uh, so then, then all of a sudden, there became all these opportunities. I remember one day, I, I didn't have anything to do or anywhere to go, so I just bring my little lawn chair and sit out in the grass and just watch the birds and you know, just kind of whistle along. My neighbors would come out. One day, my neighbor Keith came out, and he was looking all frantic, and he uh, ran, ran out of his house to his car, uh, you know, so he didn't catch COVID uh, on his way. And, uh, and, then, and then he starts to run out, and he sees me, and, uh, and he stops. And we're probably, I don't know, about from here to the, the back of the sanctuary. And he stops, and he stares at me. I said, Keith, you all right? He said, hey, Brandon. I said, Keith, I'm right here. I can hear you. I know we're dead, but I can hear you. And he starts yelling. He says, hey, I got a question. I said, go ahead, Keith. What's your, what's your question? 
He said, is this the end of the world? I said, uh, yeah, Keith, it is. It is. This is absolutely the end of the world. He said, no kidding. I said, no kidding. He said, as a pastor, are we in the end times? I said, yep, we are. In fact, Keith, we've been in the end times for about 2,000 years now. And we will continue to be in the end times until Jesus comes back. This is the finish line. This is it. Jesus has finished the work of salvation. He has given His life on the cross for us. He has forgiven us of our sins. He has taken the punishment that you and I deserved on the cross and He died like you and I deserve death. Eternal separation from God forever and ever. And God didn't want to do that, so He took out His own wrath on His own Son. And, and, and He killed Jesus on the cross and poured out all of His wrath so that you and I would never have to know God's wrath. Isn't that good news? And Jesus did that for us on the cross. And then he died, like died, died, like dead, like not breathing, heart stopped, like he was dead. And they pulled him off of the cross and they stuck him in a borrowed tomb, which always cracks me up. You know why it was borrowed? Because he wasn't going to need it very long. All right. So he goes in, they put him in this borrowed tomb uh, in this garden setting and the political officials, and I say political, both government and political church officials uh, get nervous. So they say, well, we need to high security. So they roll a stone over it that no man can move. And then they put some Roman soldiers, some of Rome's finest soldiers to sit there and guard it. And he laid there and he was dead for a day and he was dead for another day and he's dead. But on the third day, Jesus, Jesus Christ rose from the dead like he is alive and listen this is why this is such good news because he's not he didn't just rise from the dead 2,000 years ago he's still alive today like anyone who believes in him he lives in your body like he is in you and with you and goes through you like Jesus is not like you can't that's why we say you got to follow Jesus because you don't follow dead people. That's weird. You only follow people who are alive. And we follow Jesus because He is alive. And He's still alive today. And so, uh, so we are living. And He said, he said listen, um, in, in Matthew 24, 19, He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel and then the end will come. And then Jesus redoes it and says, hey, before I go back up to heaven, I just want to tell you, uh, go and make disciples of all the nations. This isn't the first time he's told them this. He told them back in Matthew 24. And what Jesus is saying is, I've got a job for you to do. Finish the job and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. And not just you, but I'm going to get everyone that you have shared the gospel with that has put their hope and their faith in Jesus Christ. People from every nation, every tribe, tribes that you and I don't even know exist today. Jesus sees them and loves them and wants them to know Him. And man, we've got a job to do. So Easter was last week, but now we got to ask the question, what do we do now? Like, do we just wait until next year and do it again? Like, that's... That we could do that, but that seems a little stale to me. Instead, we've got something to keep us busy for the next 51 weeks. And that is called the Great Commission of God. We call it the Great Commission because it is the great final mission that Jesus sent all of His followers on. Not the pastors, not the preachers. He didn't line them up and say, hey, you five over here, you'll be great pastors. You guys go make disciples. The rest of you, 
you're going to go to heaven. Good luck. Everything's fine. Like, he didn't do that. Instead, he looked at all of them and said, hey guys, you all got a job to do. We all have a part to play in this. So I want to share with you guys just three things today, three reasons why I think this is the most important thing we can be doing right now. Like I think now more than ever. I mean, have you ever lived through a crazier time in this world? People hate each other. Everyone's at each other's throats. Churches are splitting. Churches are dissolving at an alarming rate in our country, on our watch. Like this is what's happening. In church, I just need you to hear me say like, this is really important. And it's not just important to me. This is important to Jesus. And so are we living in the end times? Yes. So what should we do? Just sit and wait? No, we have a job to do. So here's three reasons why I think this is the most important thing we could be doing right now. Number one, Jesus said so. Jesus said so. That's a pretty good place to start, right? Like if you're going to do something, uh, you really ought to pass the litmus test. Well, did Jesus say to do it? Yes. Notice he says in verse 18, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That means Jesus has all of the authority. Like Jesus owns the heavens and the earth. Nothing happens on this earth without passing through Jesus's permissions first. Nothing happens in heaven without passing through Jesus's permissions first. Like Jesus has all of the authority. Do you know how Jesus received all the authority? He rose from the dead. Like, you rise from the dead, you can have some authority, all right? But like, like Jesus, He picked Himself up from the grave, therefore He shows us that He has all of the authority. And He's gathered around. I want you to imagine, man, this is kind of crazy, but I want you to imagine maybe someone you knew that, that was dead, and they've come back to life, and now they want to have a meeting with you. First of all, don't take the meeting. Okay, don't do that. I've seen the movies. Don't do that me. Okay, it never turns out good. But then, like, I want you to imagine, they know Jesus was dead. Many of them watched them take His body off. Some of them were even there when they put Him in the tomb. And now, He is alive. So word's gotten around, hey, Jesus who died, now He's alive and He wants to talk to you guys for a minute. You would listen to what He had to say. Like, you might be baffled and like, I don't know what's happening right now, but you would listen to what he has to say. Guys, it is no less important today. Jesus is still alive today. And Jesus still has a job for us to do. Jesus still has a mission for his church. Jesus still has a reason for the breath that is in your lungs today. And we shouldn't waste it. We should put every breath to a purpose. And that purpose is to magnify and lift high the name of Jesus Christ. Because He is alive. Like He's it. He has all of the authority. And so this is why we start new churches. This is why we make new disciples. This is why we tell everyone we can about Jesus. This is why. Because Jesus is alive. He's alive and He's got all the authority and He told us to do it. So we gladly do it. Like we do it knowing that we got Him on our side. And that's a really good position to be in. All right, here's the second thing I want you to know today. Number two, the second reason I think this is so important for us to be doing right now is because it is a picture of the gospel. It is a picture of the gospel. 
when we leave and when we go and tell someone about Jesus, we are showing people a picture of what Jesus did for us. Guys, don't forget, don't ever forget that Jesus was on a throne in heaven. He has always existed. The life of Jesus did not begin in, in a manger, okay, as a baby. Jesus has always been the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has always been reigning over the universe on His throne. And Jesus left that. He left His comfort. He left the wealth of the kingdom of God. He left it all to come down to lowly earth, to lowly humans and become like us. Like to have a body like us, to have aches and pains like us, to suffer every temptation like us. Like Jesus came down to do that for us. You know what the difference is? We do it in a very imperfect way. Like how I, anybody sin this weekend? All right, Drake's the only one. You're the only one who sinned this weekend. That is not a good sign, dude. That is not a good sign. <laughs> I mean, I expected, like, you know, Sammy's hand to go up. I didn't expect, like, you're, you know. <laughs> I just, guys, we all sin, right? We've all got disobedience in our lives. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. And, uh, and guys, listen, like, we do things very imperfectly. But Jesus does things very perfectly. And so Jesus dealt with everything you and I dealt with, every temptation. In fact, He was tempted by Satan Himself and He reigned victorious. Like He did what you and I try to do and always fall short. Jesus did it. Jesus accomplished it. And He did it perfectly. Like Jesus left heaven and came down and lived this life perfectly. Guys, when we leave our comfort, when we leave what we know, when we leave our preferences behind and we start to step into faith of what Jesus has for us, we are showing people a visual of what Jesus did for us. And don't you think when you are doing something Jesus told you to do and Jesus showed you to do, that He's going to be with you? And so when you step out in faith, when you start telling, when you tell that coworker, that other person at school, that family member that's hard to get along with, when you begin to lovingly tell them that Jesus loves them and has a plan for them and wants them and left his, his home in heaven to come to them, like when you start telling people that, guys, you start showing them a picture of what Jesus did for them. Um, a lot of times when we read the Great Commission, we may read it like this. Um, I'm growing up, always heard it said like this. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And usually when missionaries would get up, they would put all that emphasis on the word go. And I can't help but wonder like what a preacher would ever do if everybody actually listened to him, right? Like what would happen if we all said, Drake, we said, everybody go, you got to go, go make disciples. And then everybody left. We wouldn't have a church anymore. Everybody be gone. You would all listen, right? And so we've got, when we make the emphasis on the word go, we have two options. Either we lose all of you and everyone goes away, or two, you all come back and you're disobedient. Like, those are our only two options when we do that. But guys, in the original language, that's not actually how Jesus probably would have said it. Now, I wasn't there, and I'm not a Greek scholar, so I can't speak into everything, but this is how, um, when, when it's written in the original Greek, how Jesus probably said it to his disciples. 
Guys, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So as you leave here, make disciples, right? Like that, that's how, like that word go is a passive in the Greek. Like it means as you're going. How many of you are going to leave this sanctuary today? It gets weird at night. I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) Been here, done that. All right. Um, No, we're all going to leave. Everybody's going to leave here. You're going to go somewhere. Some of you are going to go to work tomorrow. Some of you are going to go into town. Some of you are going to go visit family. Some of you are going to go somewhere today. You're going to go out to lunch. You're going to go do things. Like Jesus knows you're not going to stay here forever. So he says, as you're going, do something. Make disciples. Like teach people how to follow Jesus. Now listen, making disciples does not mean be a weird Christian. Okay? It does not mean go out and make everybody uncomfortable. Okay, what making disciples means is having a relationship with someone and teaching them how to obey God's word. It doesn't mean we throw God's word at them. It doesn't mean we beat them over the head with it. It means we sit down and we lovingly in a relationship say, hey, I I know you're struggling in your marriage. Let's see what God's word has to say about marriage. And you read it and you say, do you want to do things God's way? And they say, yes. You just made a disciple. You just taught someone how to follow Jesus. Like, that's what it looks like. And I, guys, I just think, so somehow we've missed it. Like, somehow we've, we've made this all about this whole church thing about something else. And I just want to tell you today, like, like, we don't have to do that. Okay, here's number three. It's the last one. This is the third reason why I think this is the most important thing we could be doing with our time, with our energy right now. Number three, because Jesus will be with us. Because Jesus will be with us. Do you want Jesus to be with you tomorrow? I hope so. I do. But this one came with a stipulation. Jesus says, a lot of times we take this verse and we, you know, we're crocheting it on pillows and we're painting it on paintings and putting it all around. You know, I will be with you always to the end of the age. That's nice. It's, that's a nice sentiment. But we really take it out of context. Because Jesus says, I will be with you when you are making disciples. So do you want Jesus to be with you? Teach someone how to follow Jesus. Jesus says, like, uh, go and make disciples, and then I will be with you, and I will be with you always to the end. Guys, we are living in the end times. This is it. This is it. Will the end times last another 10 years, 100 years, 10 minutes, I have no idea. But I know that I've got a job to do. I know that we together have a job to do. There are too many people that when they die today, they are going to spend eternity somewhere. And that matters. To everyone who knows Jesus, that matters. And so I want to just encourage you today, and some of you may have heard me uh, share this story before, but I want you to imagine today that we, uh, um, uh, well, I'll tell you the story. Imagine um, uh, my wife and I, one, one of the things Ellen loves to do, I don't, uh, she doesn't get to do it very often uh, now that we have three kids, but you say, uh, you know, honey, you've got a, had a hard day. Um, I got the kids for a few hours. Why don't you go to Target? All right. That's just a, that's a cool thing. Like she just, she won't even buy anything. She'll just walk around Target for like an hour and all of a sudden she like feels like a brand new person. It's amazing, all right? And so I say, Ellen, go Target. And uh, she says, okay, great. She gets her stuff. She says, oh, by the way, Brandon, before I leave, um, when I, by the time I get back, can you wash the dishes? 
And I say, sure, honey, I'd love to wash the dishes for you. No problem. I got it. Go have a, have a good time. She goes and uh, while she's gone, I get up to go wash the dishes and I look and I realize that honestly, um, as I'm looking out the window, that we've got a back deck that really needs to be replaced. So I'm like, you know what? Before I do that, I'm going to replace the back deck. So I go, I get the repairs. I go, I replace the back deck. Looks great. Beautiful new deck. It's wonderful. Well, Ellen's still not back from Target. So I go back in. I say, oh, I'm going to wash the dishes. But then I notice there's some creaky floors and we've been meaning to replace. So I just say, you know what? I'm going to rip up the whole flooring. I'm going to put brand new hardwoods in. So I go to the store. I do the measurements. I get everything together. I put brand new hardwoods in. That house looks amazing. Like, looks so good. New deck, new hardwood floor. Ellen's still not back yet. I go, you know what? Um, I'm going to go wash the dishes. Well, on my way, I start looking at all the scuff marks on the walls because we got three kids. I'm like, you know, we could really use a fresh coat of paint, maybe a little agreeable gray. So I go to the store. I get my paint. I come back. I'm painting. I'm doing I do it all. It smells really good. It's good. And, uh, and, and about that time, Ellen comes through the door. And I am like so excited, right? Because she is going to love this. So she comes in and uh, she's looking around. What's the first question she's going to ask me? Did you do the dishes? And I'm going to say, baby, you must have bypassed your brand new deck on the way in. Look what I did. And she's going to go out there and she's going to bounce on it. She's going to say, this is really good. Now, can we talk about the dishes? I'm going to say, oh, yeah, babe, I got you. But come on in. She's going to say, it smells like new paint in here. Baby, that's because I painted the whole house while you were gone. Doesn't it look good? She's going to look around. She's going to say, this is really nice. But hey, Brandon, did you do the dishes? Baby, look down at your feet right now. Baby, you are on pristine, brand new, self-put-in hard wood floors, baby. You're welcome. And she's going to look at me and she's going to say, well, <clears throat> did you do the dishes? And I'm going to say, baby, no. And here, but see, guys, here's the problem. I feel like one day we're, we're going to be in front of Jesus. He's going to say, I gave you one thing to do. I told you to do one thing, to go and make disciples of all nations everywhere. Did you do that? And we're going to say, but I went to church every Sunday. He's going to say, great, did you make disciples? But, but God, I was really good. Like, I gave a lot of money to the church. He's going to say, thank you, but did you make disciples? Yeah, but God, I was a really moral person. Like, I, I did everything very good. I was a very good person. He's going to say, yeah, but... Did you make disciples? Guys, this is the one thing that Jesus told us to do. And so in a crazy world, in a time where at least where we're at in the D.C. area, people are leaving. They're walking away from their faith. They're abandoning church. They're, they're leaving. They're going to do all of these other things. People are in this culture of greed and don't even know that Jesus loves them. Like in a crazy, messed up world where there are wars happening right now and people are at each other's throats and churches are splitting and dissolving. Church, now more than ever, we got to get to business. We got a job to do. How many of you want Jesus to come back? Like I know for some of us, you're like, I don't know, that's kind of scary. When Jesus comes back, there is no more tears. There is no more crying. There are no more wars. There is no more evil. There is no more cancer. There, is no, there are no more funerals to attend because there is no more death. Like Jesus coming back is the best thing that could ever happen to any of us. But He ain't coming back until we finish the task. We've got a job and a mission to do. 
And so church, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this mission that we're a part of. Thank you for being a part of that mission here in Yazoo County. Because Yazoo County needs Jesus. We, we love you so much. I, I just want, can, I, can I just pray for us? And then we'll have our time of invitation. Would you guys bow your heads and let's pray together. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for... Um, Lord, thank you for Blackjack, and thank you for, Lord, their, their generosity, but most of all for their hearts. Lord, I look out, I see a church that really loves you. I see a church that really wants to be a part of finishing the mission. And so, Lord, would you encourage us today? Would you fill our hearts up today? And would you do something really special today? Lord, I pray for Yazoo County right now. I pray for um, the schools the students that are no doubt struggling and suffering. Lord, I pray for the teachers, the administrators, Lord. I just feel led to pray right now for, um, Lord, all those who are in school, for all those who do work. Lord, I pray right now that you would be with them. And Lord, I pray that your mission, yes, would continue in Washington, D.C., but it would, it would stir things up right here in Yazoo County. Lord, we need you. So Jesus, please be with us. Be with us. Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you would just pray that right now. Jesus, be with me. Jesus, be with me. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Drake and I are going to come and stand. Drake was very gracious and is going to allow me to participate in the invitation. If you're here today and um, you don't have this relationship with Jesus, your first step is not to start making disciples. Your first step is to actually give your life to Jesus. And maybe you could come down and we would love to pray with you and show you how to do that. Maybe you know that God has convicted you and you want to be more a part of telling people about Jesus and making disciples, or maybe you just have someone on your heart you want to pray for, Drake and I will be right down here and we would love the opportunity uh, to pray with you uh, during our time of invitation. Would you all stand?